This is the Negotiate X podcast, show number 17. Okay, so for, I would first start by saying, what what is your desired outcome? Do you just want people to be familiar with in different negotiation practices that to you know so they can potentially make better decisions? Because there's a huge gap between learning and being able to do you know and then so from there as we measure what our success looks like and what our goals should be you know how much how much time are we really willing to enable to commit to pulling people from their nine to five responsibilities to invest in this and then are we really willing to ourselves as you as you were saying earlier right role model these behaviors we're willing to take this on and are willing to institute uh kind of the more lasting cultural pieces that are going to make this permanent. So with, and then with that, then we can get into, you know, start, you can start talking about what's the design going to look like. You're listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online. Hello and welcome to the Negotiate X podcast. I am your co-host, Nolan Martin. With me today is my good friend, Aram. Aram, how are you doing today, sir? Well, Nolan, I just spilled a cup of coffee all over my <laughs> all over my keyboard. So um, appreciate your patience as we got this thing. Uh, yeah, I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to tell anyone. I was just going to keep that between us. Yeah, but. that's okay. It's. I mean, <laughs> it's good to know. It's like I tell my kids all the time, right? I mean, s- slow down, do things intentionally. And as I reached for my my phone, I hit the cup of coffee all over my keyboard. And <laughs> anyhow, so just deal with that. I, I appreciate when I've been told in the past, you know. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Absolutely. And and when you start moving too quickly with things, then that's that's where you start making mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, and we'll, we'll live. We'll live. <laughs> well, today is, I think, going to be a very valuable episode. And we're going to talk about how to develop a negotiations culture in a corporation, in a business setting. And so, I mean, when we look at the best businesses, negotiations training, negotiations implementation is definitely tied into the culture. I mean, can you agree with that as as a consultant who regularly consults with these bigger companies? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think that if you want to weave more effective negotiation approaches into the DNA of a company, it does sit a little bit with the training and the teaching, the education of your people, you know, as well as with a number of other kind of cultural factors. Yeah. Well, today I wanted to kind of dive in and, and basically to give some advice to leaders on how they can implement a negotiations training into their business. So I'll let you kind of take it the first swing at this one and where you want to start with it. If we start broadly, I think, you know, if you're going to invest both time and money, you know, all those resources into building a a solid culture around negotiation, you want to become a top tier negotiating firm, so to speak. So I think first you got to look at what's, you know, what's going on within the culture of the company. And so I would look at what are the processes you have in place um, that enhance negotiation as part of your corporate strategy. I would look at 
what are the tools? There's a lot of technology advances that we can use to store data and then use that data to inform negotiations. There's certainly skills. We'll come back to that one, training that's involved. There's consistency between operations, what we do, and then how we integrate negotiation, problem solving, both internally and externally to an organization. And then there's really systems, and that's an alignment of different processes, performance reviews, incentives to ensure that we are getting the desired negotiation behaviors. I always find it ironic when you know we tell folks to go out, be creative, and look for different kind of out-of-the-box solutions. But at the end of the year, they're still going to be evaluated on kind of a year-over-year price increase or decrease. And, and so we didn't really incentivize creative behavior. We incentivized a very positional approach. Yeah, and I think to kind of start off and to start broad, maybe we say what not to do. Like, it doesn't matter the best resources, the best training out there. What should leaders not do in order to change this culture? Yeah, so I think, you know, a lack of uh, cohesive uh, strategy and a linking of negotiation objectives, both to our corporate strategy and objectives, but also between different negotiations that are occurring. I would coach leaders of organizations not to do that. Individual negotiators shouldn't be setting separate measures of success. Those measures of success should be tied to bigger, broader corporate goals. We definitely don't want to create a vacuum of information. We need to create a space where information is shared between the various folks who are conducting negotiations. We want to ensure that preparation isn't just kind of done all willy-nilly, but actually there's a real intent behind how we negotiate. Then on the flip side, we've talked about the power review. Same thing with review. It's not done accidentally, uh, but there's a real intention behind how we approach review and the collection of lessons learned as we improve. So those are some kind of, I guess, don'ts followed by some do's. Yeah. And I think for the leader, it's a do as I do mentality. Not oh yeah. Not, not a do as I say and, and, <laughs> and, and but don't do what I do. So I mean you have to yeah. live it, you have to lead it. So I would definitely say that for the leader that you need to take responsibility. You need to ensure that, you know, the different training objectives that you're doing, the processes you're putting in the preparation time, you're doing an adequate AAR. I mean, these are all the things that you need to do as a leader. And if you don't, then again, it doesn't matter how much, how many resources you dump in to try and train your team. You're just never going to be successful. Yeah, there's a great article called Leaders Negotiate, professor at Harvard, Salicuse, who talks about leaders negotiate all the time. And, and I, I'm a believer that the best form of, of training or cultural influence that a leader can provide when it comes to negotiation is demonstrating the behaviors his or herself. And so they should practice interest-based leadership, understanding people's motivations and concerns. They should negotiate the relationships around them internally and externally. Relationships are an important thing. They need to find the right leadership voice for themselves how to express that, right? So as we think about voice, voice involves clearly advocacy and being able to speak clearly, but also, you know, giving voice to others. And so that's the inquiry piece, getting to hear their voice. And if you're going to negotiate, you got to negotiate a vision for an organization and all those things, what's the direction we're going, right? So all four of those things are around behavior. I am a believer in Nolan's is what you just said, that leaders not only need to know how to negotiate effectively themselves, they should help guide others to negotiate more effectively. And a leader who can't do that should probably, uh, you know, step aside. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I want to take what you just said, and now let's actually start 
getting a little bit more prescriptive on how a leader can help implement a training culture into their company. Uh, does that sound good? Yeah, no, that sounds great. Okay, so what does a leader need to do then? They need want to implement a training culture, you know, what's yeah. effective, kind of those different aspects. Yeah, so we'll dive right into the training. And I just want to reemphasize the, the fact that all the training in the world is going to be pretty useless if when a participant in that training, uh, a student in, in, in a, a teaching comes back to an organization and finds... Uh, leaders demonstrating other behaviors, incentives not aligned with what you're what what I was just taught, practices not being changed. So unless we've changed that landscape, we're we're really fooling ourselves to think that a day or two learning how to negotiate more effectively is going to move the needle. So just to make that point clear, yep. yeah. As we as we talk about what makes for an effective training program, you know, for negotiation, there's some similarities. There's a number of things that are going to be the same as for any training program. We want to take great consideration to who the audience is, the way that adult learners learn and receive information, what are their expectations, uh, you know, being able to scaffold to where, you know, their own experiences and thinking right away. And then certainly creating the space in the environment for effective learning to approach. So those would be some initial basics. And I think that's across any discipline. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, then negotiation offers some other sorts of uh, things that we want to consider too. Yeah. So, okay, let's keep, let's keep going. This is good. Let's keep going. Yeah. So, so I think there's, when we, when I negotiate, there's a number of different, or sorry, when I train negotiation, one of the things is I go back to the concept of Bloom's taxonomy and which, which is just a, a simple framework for thinking about kind of what's the level of teaching or training that I'm trying to achieve. I'm just trying to get people to remember or understand kind of basic knowledge, or am I getting trying to get people to apply, evaluate, even create new solutions? And I believe that the more effective negotiation is at the higher level, more, more effective negotiation training is at the higher level of blooms, where people are able to take complex situations that involve multiple stakeholders and think through critical problem sets in creative ways. So to get there, we need to come up with you know, different exercises to both inside and outside of a person's context to introduce concepts, skills, tools, frameworks, and then to put those things into practice. Is it a different approach that you take when you're training a corporate client versus when you're training your MBA students at Tuck? I mean... Is there a significant difference? Well, I think that so there is a difference. And I've had an opportunity over the last, you know, 10 plus years now to teach and train a variety of different audiences. And and so the audience is certainly somewhat different between undergrads that I teach versus master students versus mid-career level you know, corporate types, the audiences themselves are different, right? And so demographics are different, their expertise, their attitude towards learning, their expectations for the training, you know, even language and culture can be different. So all those things are being taken into consideration. I think their expectations can be a little different in terms of, you know, where they're at in their learning process. So that should be considered as well. And then certainly design, right? I mean, when I teach a two-day corporate program, well, what I can get to and the power of bringing in things like, you know, reflection and um, self cases and looking at real world situations, that's a little different in a two day corporate program than when I do a nine week or 13 week, you know, semester sort of long program and, and, and course. And so the design is different. So while concepts are very much the same, 
just as a factor of the delivery time, there's going to be some differences there too. Okay. So then should the leader, or if they're going to kind of outline this, this training glide path, where do they start? What should they, you know, let, let's take a company that probably hasn't, uh, doesn't obviously have a, a very good negotiating culture where they're kind of stewards of the, I don't know if profession's the right word, but definitely the skill. Yeah. Where, where do they start if they don't already have this implemented? Okay, so for, I would first start by saying, what what is your desired outcome? Do you just want people to be familiar with in different negotiation practices that to, you know, so they can potentially make better decisions? Because there's a huge gap between learning and being able to do, you know, and then so from there, as we measure what our success looks like and what our goals should be, you know, how much, how much time are we really willing to enable to commit to pulling people from their nine to five responsibilities to invest in this? And then are we really willing to ourselves, as you, as you were saying earlier, right, role model these behaviors, we're willing to take this on and are willing to institute uh, kind of the more lasting cultural pieces that are going to make this permanent. So with, and then with that, then we can get into, you know, start, you can start talking about what's the design going to look like. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously everything's going to come down to ROI, but let's say I'm trying to be a little bit more prescriptive for our audience. So how would you design it? Say if, if you don't necessarily want everyone to be experts, but you want everyone to be proficient enough to at least understand that they need to do preparation that they need to kind of have some sort of idea of where to guide the conversation and then be able to reflect on on how they performed. So if someone were to add that as a training strategy or a guide path for their company, how long does that take and and kind of what do you what are some of the highlights of of something like that? Yeah, so so again, I, we build from a goal, we build from time available. So if you know if we have six hours one day versus two or three days, it's going to vary a little bit. But it's a balance. I think there's a balance between what are the skills we're trying to identify. So you talked about preparation; that's an important one. I would add in there awareness around assumptions we make every day to negotiate effectively. That, that's another skill. Another one is understanding the choices that I can make at the table as I lead in a negotiation or as I respond to tactics and techniques being used by the other side. That's another one. Multi-party dynamics and what are the, you know, uh, managing multiple stakeholders, you know, how do I, how do I navigate that? So there's, there's skills throughout all those things. And you don't want a program simply to be a delivery of of a lecture right i mean right. it should be engaging and, and adult learning demands experiencing and engaging with material and so as you introduce in fact i think the best programs are those that introduce concepts in the debriefing activity so you do something partly because people learn most people learn very well through doing things as well as hearing and seeing and so can we design it in a way there's an exercise and then in the debrief, there's that aha moment, which is, ah, that's the concept. And then we drill down and it's constantly going micro on skills and then backing up to macro and understanding the bigger picture and how these link, how these link to what I'm doing in the business place and then drilling back down to, to micro. And so there's a number of moving pieces there as we design these things. Yeah, I think if I were to think about the design, I'd want to try cover this at least monthly, right? I, if I was a leader, I'd definitely try and set aside the time, figure out how much time you can afford. But it's something that definitely needs to occur at least monthly because I know 
even since I last took the course to when we decided to launch Negotiate X, I had I lost uh, a, a lot of of the knowledge that I had gained right in the course. So definitely think that it is something that you want to do periodically and refresh. So after you build that base, then I feel like um, you're going to be in a better position. Yeah. I mean, for instance, like our, our program. So you started the West Point Negotiations Project. And I think one of the greatest courses was that three-day or two-day seminar course that we did that literally walked cadets through the entire process. You didn't even have to be nowhere negotiations Know, know anything about negotiations to be successful in that course by the time that you left. So I feel like that was enough to establish the foundation. So that was probably about, you know, 15, 10 to 15 hours, I'd say, in establishing the foundation and then making sure that you continue to build on that on a periodic basis. So yeah. if you were a, a manager trying to think about a program, I would say that 10 to 15 hours is what you would need to invest up front. And then figure out a way that you can continue to build at least on a monthly basis to ensure that your employees are retaining those skills. How's, how's that sound? Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, I agree. And, and my experience tells me that the retention and application of students that I engage with over 13 weeks in the semester, when we continue to come back and reinforce concepts and they're reflecting about these things and I'm asking them to do work inside their own personal context or professional context and apply some of the tools there. That's where I see the greatest shift in behaviors and in the application of the tools and where I see them identify for themselves uh, because I do journals and reflections, which I think is an important part of any sort of training. I see them identifying that they are now asking themselves and their thinking of questions and and different ways to measure success they didn't consider two months prior. So I would say reinforcement is really important. Now let's talk about the tools that the leader has to be able to implement this training or at least to to be able to assist his employees or her employees with with running the company and and implementing a new negotiation strategy. Does Does that sound good? To answer your question, Nolan, I mean, so we we teach a variety of things, right? We talk about prep. We talk about choice and conduct at the table. We talk about managing relationships. We talk about dealing with hard bargainer. We talk about, you know, being able to manage multi-party dynamics. We talk about building strategies. These are all things that we can build into a program. These are all things that I would expect a leader who has trained on negotiation to have some awareness about. So those would be those would be the the what. The how we get to those things and how we get people within their organizations trained on this is we're going to take some things outside their context. We're going to do some quick exercises. We're going to do some scripted exercises with roles, and we're going to take them outside their context very intentionally so they're not focused on, well, this is how I always solve this problem, but we're, we're focused on just the basic blocking and tackling as we've introduced some of those, those new concepts. And then the where where I think a lot where the rubber meets the road and there's a lot of value is our ability to then shift and bring it into their context, into situations they're familiar with. And as we work with clients to do this sort of work, that's where a lot of the prep work takes takes on the need for phone calls and understanding not just the nature of their business, but but the challenges they are uniquely facing so that we can craft both long and short scenarios and and case studies 
to be able to role play, engage with, and the the intention there is to be able to walk away and say, oh, there are some different ways that I can approach this and get fundamentally different solutions as I apply these tools. I think that's key is is just having the tools to be successful. And, and I know we talked about this throughout most of the episodes, but the most important tool to ensure that you have a copy of and each of the employees you are training has a copy is the seven elements prep. And you can find that again at negotiatex.com slash prep for that tool. Um, instrumental preparation is key to being successful. So, all right, let's start to kind of wrap this up. So is there anything else you want to cover on the topic here today, Aaron? Well, I know you always say that we're a, we're a podcast, which is about action and learning. So if I were to say, what are, you know, what are some actions that we want to recommend? So what are key takeaways? One is that in any sort of situation, when you're teaching negotiation, participants are not a clean slate. They come in with strong biases. And so as you choose a program, you got to find a program that's going to address the assumptions people are making and engage with them with that experience, right? So I often say I don't teach rocket science, but what I do teach is organized common sense, which, which, some, which sometimes <laughs> doesn't seem so, so common. And so we want to want to do that. I, I really appreciate, and, and you can say this too, Nolan, we appreciate our, our, our colleagues at Vantage Partners who over the past 30 years have done such a great job of really making honing this is a skill that can be taught where we can see a return on the investment from being able to negotiate more effectively. And so as I, I would encourage anyone listening to say, as you look at different places where you can go for teaching and training, be, you know, really do the due diligence and make sure that you're pulling in folks who can who can not just teach this well, but but where you're going to see the impact, the shift and the change in behaviors. And then the last thing I'd probably just say, and, and I've, I've hit on this a couple times, is training alone is not uh, is not enough. You, there needs to be parameters around that training so that you can reinforce and see the benefits long-term within your organization. Yeah, I think those are all excellent takeaways. And, and if you are a leader in a business and you need any help with the negotiations process, as Aaron was alluding to, we do offer some different training packages. Our most preferred training package and what we believe most of our clients get the most value from is the ongoing monthly training coaching session. And that's where we're actually able to plug in and identify, you know, how do we keep moving the needle? How do we keep getting better? How do we keep improving the organization? Because it is really a we concept because we want to see you succeed in all of your negotiation endeavors. So with that, that is the end of today's episode. I appreciate you tuning in. If you have any kind of questions or anything that you want us to cover in future episodes, you can do so at team or send us an email at team at negotiatex.com and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online.